Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to the newest episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Sano, joined, as always, by the Owen Wilson to my Luke Wilson. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing? Wow. Great info. Yeah. I was like, if you didn't say wow right there, I was going to stop the podcast, restart it. <laughs> make sure, that was, that was make a sure. hard throw. There's only one way to complete that talk. Uh, yeah. It's, you, have to, you have to go with the wow for, for Owen Wilson. Uh, Owen Wilson also had a little bit of a personal revival for me because I liked him in that Loki show. I, thought I was like, I was like, wow, this is this is pretty good stuff. So, okay, um, Luke, we're going to only cover one big Seahawks. To- one Seahawks topic today was uh, Luke Wilson went on KJ Wright's podcast. It was and not the Luke Wilson that's related to Owen Wilson, but the former Seahawk Luke Wilson. Yeah, two L's. Um, and Luke Wilson went on KJ and they had a really great conversation. I highly recommend just going and listening to it after this. Um, there's a few things that came up in there that I think are will are fun to 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 touch on real quick there's though. one necessary thing to be touched on what one is p carol p carol is the the master motivator what do you at age like set what is he 71 now or is he 70 anyway at, at age 70 plus well how does Pete care how do you continue to find like that that motivation and connection he is 71 yeah 71 year old peter clay carol how do you continue to find that motivation i'm finding at age 36 <laughs> that <laughs> I, I i'm running out of uh of, of of juice sometimes pete just keeps going man i'm like very impressed by by just i'm pretty sure it's because age. he's a vampire oh i like it uh he just he's got a a, a thrall a, a cabal of uh of you know people that he just eats their blood just takes their blood yeah. or does he go to the does he go to the blood bank and steal the blood bags uh no he just ethical. he's really charming. He's ethical va- he's, ethical vampire <laughs> he gets consent i feel like i feel like he would be big on consent so uh you know he's just got a few people that are pretty chill with it and he's like hey you know when you get a chance i could use like you know a pint so when you get around to it this bit sucks all right <laughs> uh <laughs> hey next joke gotcha this next thing um the big the biggest thing uh Actually, this is the second biggest thing. Second biggest thing is who called the play at the goal line. They both said they didn't know, which is which is, which is weird. But it does feed into the conspiracy that like Russ might have called his own number at the goal line. Um, what do you think, Kevin? Where do you stand on a uh, on goal line conspiracy island? Uh, I like that uh, when he came out from under the protective wing of uh, Pete Carroll and the Seahawks, he. Uh, Russell Wilson has done an excellent job of sinking his own image to the point where what has largely been considered to be Pete Carroll's defining failure of his career is slowly shifting into Russell Wilson's defining failure of his career. Um, Like good job by you way to protect your legacy, man. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy to me. I don't, I don't think Russ called an audible on the goal line. I think Bevel got cute because everyone in the whole stadium thought we were handing it to Marshawn. And he ran a play that probably would have worked if we actually used the best receivers that we had on the field. But instead, and had a better throw, yeah. Instead, it involved. I don't even think the throw was bad. Like the guy made a good read, but if the pick is run correctly, it's impossible for him to get there. But we ran that play with like, you know, the back of the roster wide receivers. Yeah, to Ricardo Lockett, who you know, uh, yeah, all 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 blessings to your health, uh, good sir. But that was not the person I wanted on the receiving end of that particular play. No. And so then the the most important thing, Luke Wilson said he doesn't even like techno. Yep. So the guy Disco. that is credited with techno Thursday, Disco. not. Then he say he didn't. What? He likes disco. Is that what he said? Wasn't it disco Thursdays? 
Or no, was it techno, techno no, it's Techno Thursdays. I don't he know. They not... both, they're the same in my head. No, Techno starts with a T, Kevin. I like them equally, <laughs> so. Uh, but yeah, he said he doesn't even really like Techno, and I'm like, wow, you've tortured other people for years playing, getting Techno played on Thursdays, and you don't even really like All right. So anyway, it doesn't matter. Let's there's not this is the deadest period in the NFL calendar. There's no there's no training camps. It's all just speculation. It's speculation central. Everyone's out there speculating. Um, it gets very old. There are still a few interesting free agents uh, out there, but I don't think most teams aren't going to move on those guys unless something happens in training camp. The which athletic is, ran a story about Mercedes Wilson waiting to be signed for his 18th year in the league. That's the new cycle we're in. Mercedes, Mercedes Lewis. Lewis. Sorry. Yeah. But I mean, Lee there are good players. Like there are players that I think would, would make uh, like an impact on our roster. I'll give an example. Chris, Chris Wormley is just sitting yes. at age 29. Chris Wormley is just sitting at home right now at six foot five, 315 pounds. He is plenty. He would make a big impact on our interior defensive line, but he's just waiting. And he's the, but that's the kind of player too, where uh, he's going to want to make sure he gets in a situation where he can actually play. So maybe he can get one more like three year contract. And so, yeah, you don't want to – he's going to wait. He's going to wait for the right position. And and for us, we need to evaluate our roster where it's guys can actually hit each other. Right now, no one, still no one has tackled, right? Like it's non-contact practices so far, even the OTAs that we did. So for, for me, like, yeah, you don't know what the holes in the roster are that you want to kind of plug with a couple veterans until you you get in there and, and do the – do the do the thing. So, is well, there any also, uh, these these uh, more veteran players? And I'm all for this. I will never ever say something negative about a player doing this. They don't want to do the OTAs. They don't uh-huh. want to do a lot of those preseason activities. They want to come in with enough time to get the playbook down, be ready to go. They're mercenaries. Like that's where they're at in their career. And I have zero problems with that. Yeah, so some of the guys that are available that I think like are on the more interesting end, Jadavian Clowney as a DE in a three four, uh, Dalton, Dalton Reisner, yeah, as a as, as a guard, uh, a guard prospect that could uh, come in if we have an injury or just our guards are not panning out. And injury is very possible for our interior uh, for our yes. guards. Phil Phil Haynes has spent quite a bit of time uh, getting hurt. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe was as a guy that we've looked at in the past as an edge guy. I don't think we need that particular profile right now, but he is talented. Uh, I think and, a guy like so, Matt Ioannidis maybe makes more sense. Yeah. Because he has a, good uh, flexibility in a 3-4-4-3. Yeah, he got cap casualty in 2022. He ended up on the Panthers last year and played like pretty solid um, pass rushing uh, kind of interior guy. And yeah. it's not like it's not fantastic, but he definitely could be a guy that we use on their, you know, clear passing downs, bring him in for, you know, three, four hundred snaps a year. He would be great. We could bring back uh, George Fant. We need that extra tight end slash tackle guy. <laughs> Sorry, we can only have one fan playing tight end. That's a rule. Uh, Akeem Hicks, if he wants to sign on for like, you know, to play another season, like he's kind of on that. Will he won't he retire thing? Uh, did the you re- mention Azir Adderley? No, no. Sir Adderley, or what about Carlos Dunlap too? The Sir Adderley would be nice because we just like maybe might need another safety, but he yeah, has developmental have, safety. He, I mean, calling him a developmental safety at age 26, he might just be who he is at this point. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate because he did seem to have a lot of potential and he just seems like he's slightly below average. But eh, it's, it is what it is. All right. That's uh, that's basically it, though. Keep your eye, keep an eye to veteran free agency as we move into like the actual 
training camp portion because they they're they Seahawks might discover they have a few a uh, few holes they need to fill that they want to put a veteran into. And there are still you know decent players out there kind of just walking the street. So this week our big topic though is the AFC North Division. North and I, Division. And I want to start Kevin with an overall take, something that goes uh goes beyond uh, Ooh, are you and I going to have the same take on this? I also okay. have a big AFC North take. Can you can you say what what could possibly be better than get this season than getting to play the AFC this current AFC South and this current NFC North? Like what yeah. a what a blessing for the AFC North because this division is talented anyway. There's talents up and down this division. It's a good division on top of the fact that they get to play the Titans, Texans, Colts, Lions, Bears, Vikings, and Packers and Jaguars. If we're being honest, I have the Jaguars winning a lot of games this year, mostly because they're going to go like six and oh in their division. (laughs) Like, I don't know if the Jaguars are great. They're good. And they they play in the the kind of team where you're like, oh, we'll we'll get there next week. But the Jaguars are a team where you're like, oh, they're going to be fighting for one of the last wild card spots. And then you look at their division, you're like, oh, Oh, they they might might be fighting for the number two seed. (laughs) Yeah, they might get the bye because they're good. They're going to win a lot of games. Okay, so so, yeah, this is like an interesting division because they get to play the the really weak division. So there are a lot of teams are going to be get opportunities, whether or not they perform well in division or not. Right. So these these teams have opportunities to just pick up wins. The Vikings, the Packers, these are bad football teams, the the Texans, the Colts. Like these are teams well, that and are. And this is going a knife fight in a phone booth division. So they're probably all going to go three and three in the division, too. I, I have one team going six and oh, but we'll get there in a second. Here we go. Woo! Let's let's start off. Let's start off with the Baltimore Ravens. They were 10 and seven last year. They're over under set at 10 and a half with under as a slight favorite. They added Odo Beckham Jr., Nelson Aguilar, and Rock Yassin, losing Ben Powers, Marcus Peters, and Justin Houston in the draft. We went Zay Flowers, Trenton Simpson, and Tavius Robinson. Seahawks connection. They brought in their revamp of their wide receiver room, bring in, you know, Flowers, Beckham Jr., Aguilar is their number four guy. They also added a number five guy that we're familiar with, Laquan Treadwell. All right, Kevin, what do you think about the Ravens? Uh, I did not love their offseason, but I feel like they have an overall competent enough roster that it doesn't matter. Like I, So I like the offense. I like the offseasons in general for the AFC North. I feel like the Ravens had the weakest offseason in the AFC North. That being the, said, they're such I think a good the regular Bengals season team. Ha- I think the Bengals had the weakest offseason. We'll get to it. We can get to the Bengals in a second. But they did something. They did one thing this offseason, Kevin, that was so good. Which is they fired their offensive coordinator and hired Todd Munkin. Right. Like that is and that Todd is Munkin like Munkin is a good offensive coordinator. That dude knows how to yeah. play offense. This is like this is like what's their offense gonna look like under Munkin? You're a college football guy. He's coming up from the college ranks. What how different is it gonna be than the uh the Greg Roman offense? Uh so Roman is the guy who has an idea of what he wants and then will pound on the square peg until it fits in the round hole. Uh, Munkin's the opposite. Munkin is a guy who will come in, gauge the talent, and he has a varied enough understanding of different systems that he can slide and adapt to make it work to the talent that he's around. So you're going to be looking at a lot more short and intermediate game. You're going to be looking at an offense that uh, takes advantage of Lamar Jackson's legs differently. And it's not going to try and kind of pigeonhole him into a West Coast passing when he's passing type situation. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot more interesting use of like run pass mix ups, um, 
you know, run pass options. Uh, I just feel like really, I feel like they are literally taking the, uh, uh, like they're taking the safety off of the Lamar Jackson experience. Um, so uh, there might be more turnovers, but I feel like the big playability of the offense is going to be through the roof. It's just like the the Baltimore Ravens, you know, they're just uh, they're not going to be under center as much as they they were before. You know, they no, it doesn't out, make sense for their skill set. They were they were under center sixty three percent of the time when they passed, and it's just like that's not going to happen again. That's just not going to that's not going to be like that. They're going to they're going to be in the shotgun. Lamar's going to be looking at the field. They have a bunch of guys who can get open quickly. And they're and then also guys who can beat you deep. Like this is a good wide receiver core. And as as much as I said, like I wasn't super into Zay Flowers, I think this at him as a sl- pure slot guy on this team is a great fit. Like it's just like he's not going to be asked to do anything outside of the slot. So you know what's going to be interesting? Uh, there's a thing that was ha- that's happening in certain colleges where they're running triple option concepts out of a shotgun formation. Mm-hmm. I could see some of those shotgun triple option RPO. Uh, uh, yeah. situations being used, especially in short yardage for this offense, the Ravens could end up being the best short yardage team in the NFL, and it could be done in some really interesting ways. And I mean, let's be honest, the defense, the defense, like there, it's not like an, um, an incredible defense. They don't have like a, like a, a pass rusher you hang your hat on, although Owe and Ojabo could both come along this year and be that guy. But the core of their defense, Queen Smith and Kyle Hamilton, is so strong. They're going to be awesome in the middle of the field. And they were so injured last year, especially in the defensive backfield. Uh, so just like a regression to the mean on injury luck is going to be a big deal for them. Yeah, I do think Rocky Sin is a nice little pickup for them too, as their number two cornerback. That is a great role for him. Uh, he, yeah, people having being able to shade a guy over his direction and just have him have help. He's going to be he's going to be really solid for them. And then J.K. Dobbins, I think, will have like kind of a renaissance here for them. I I just think this is a really it's a really nice football team, and obviously Justin Tucker's a rock for them. Like that, their special teams they they get more out of their kicking game than anyone else because they have the most reliable kicker. He's yep. really really good. So yeah, I just I like I like the roster construction. I love the the offensive corner change is huge for me. They're gonna pass a lot more. They're gonna look this offense is gonna look a lot more dynamic, um, and I suspect that will lead to to more like kind of blowout wins, easy wins for them. So anyway, I have the Bengals or the Ravens. Sorry, the Ravens at twelve and five, uh, and uh, yeah, I have them winning the division. I think they're really good. This is a really good football team. What, what do you uh, think, Kevin? I'm at eleven and six and fighting for the division. All right, let's go to the next team, the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals added Orlando, or they went 12-4. and four. Their over-under is 11.5 with under as a slight favorite. Uh, they added Orlando Brown, Irv Smith, and Nick Scott. They lost Jesse Bates, Von Bell, and Hayden Hurst. In the draft, we went Miles Murphy, DJ Turner, Jordan Battle, Seahawks Connection, Cody Thompson. Uh, what's a Bengal? Okay. Uh, this one was like, I had to go deep for this one. I looked at so many. I was just like clicking all the all the little profiles trying to find Seahawks. Anyway, uh, I'll go first on this one. So the Bengals, uh, the Bengals defense was like kind of the heart of the team. And I do think that replacing Jesse Bates with Nick Scott and, uh, you know, losing Von Bell, I do think this it's going to matter. They did spend most of their draft picks on defense. Cause they knew like I did that, that the defense was going to be worse. And so, and Bates and Bell were both leaders. I agree with that. 
Yeah. So it's like, how much does going from Bates and Bell to like Akeem Gaither, Davis Gaither and, and, you know, Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt and these guys that, you know, Nick Scott is the guy they brought in for agency. How Dax much is Hill, their rookie to, last year. Yeah. How much is that going to matter? And so if they, if they're able to, you know, withstand that, they're just as good as they were last year, maybe even better. I do think that the defense getting worse is going to have impact. This is a very, very talented team, though. Like, super good. Like, Lyle Collins is a backup on this team. <laughs> like, this is this like team runs deep now on offensive line. Their offensive line was a problem, and now it's yep. like the opposite. A solution. Where they, they have, like, a really good offensive line. They have put together a top, top, top offensive line. This might be the last year they can keep it all together. We we saw attrition this year on the defense. I think next year you start to see attrition on the offensive side of the football. It's like the window of like this is the one of the best rosters in the NFL is closing, but this is a Super Bowl contender. I I love this team. I love this roster. Uh yeah, it's just really good. What do you think, Kevin? Uh I think that you nailed it on all that stuff. Um like losing Von Bell and Jesse Bates hurts. Uh I love their draft. Miles Murphy is a great pickup for them, uh, giving them more depth along the line and a potential future pass rusher. Uh, you have DJ Turner adding a lot of speed on the back end, which is something that they need. Uh, you know, it's like Eli Apple was the weak link on the back end of that defense. Cam Taylor Britt showed that he can provide a similar floor with a higher ceiling. Awuzier uh, was good for them. So putting Turner back there, you know, if Mike Hilton ends up kind of aging out, Turner might slide inside. Otherwise, uh, Turner provides a lot of speed on the back end and a safety net for if uh, they can't keep a uh when they have to lose part of the core. Like, I like the way that they've set up flexibility on their defense. They knew that they were going to start losing some of the more expensive pieces. And so they built some depth so it can be a little bit more of a next man up situation instead of always having to draft for a starter need on offense. Like Tyler Boyd's probably going to be out, but I thought Charlie Jones was a great pickup for that reason. And Yoshi Voss has a really high ceiling. I just don't know if he'll ever reach it, but I again, like the way that they're fishing for their fourth wide receiver this season with the understanding that they might become their third wide receiver next season. Yeah. Like, like, and, like they're, they might not be able to keep Higgins and Boyd. They're going to lose. They're going to lose one of those guys. Maybe both. Exactly. Probably at, le- at least one. Uh, I thought Irv Smith jr. Is a good signing for them at tight end. I think he fits what they like to do. I, I just, I really like the moves that they made. They have a really complete roster. They have one of the most complete rosters in the NFL. They are clearly within a Super Bowl window as shown by their performance over the last two seasons. So do you think, so what do you have Cincinnati at? Do you have them? Ahead I have of the them Ravens? at 11 and six. And okay. uh, I think that Cincinnati and Baltimore are the ones that are going to be duking it out for the division title. The, the, they're the creme for you. I have the Bengals at 11 and six. Also, I have them slightly, but I have them one win behind the Ravens. And I came down to me pick. I was like looking at the last, you know, Ravens versus Bengals game. And I was, and I don't know what week that's in. I didn't, I forgot to look, but uh it looks like the Ravens play the Bengals for the last time in week 11. And it's a Thursday night game. And I was really thinking like, okay, you know, this is probably, you know, going to determine who wins the division for me in my, in my thing, you know, not that at the time it won't, it won't feel like that. It won't feel like week 11 is a division ender, but, but uh, for me, you know, it's like, okay, this, I'm kind of deciding the division right here. And for me, it comes down to coaching. This team has worse coaching than the Bengals by that a pretty is, significant margin. Too. Than the Ravens. Yeah. Then Ravens, sorry, yeah, Ravens. And yeah, Taylor. Bengals. Taylor is a bit of a weak link. 
Yeah. And so, and the, the staff is just not as strong. So for me, like I, you know, this team, I think the roster is better. If you switch the coaching staffs, I'd probably have the, the Bengals at like 13 or 14 oh, wins. I would love to see what Munkin did with this offense too. <laughs> yeah, so many so, weapons. So yeah. So like, it's like, it's like the Bengals have a better, the, the talent's better. I agree. But I think the coaching makes a difference. And, and over the course of a season, you're going to see the, the Bengals maybe lose a game that they shouldn't. And the, the Ravens win a couple games that they, that they shouldn't. All right, let's go to Cleveland with the Browns. The Browns added Ogbana Okoronkwo, Zadarius Smith, Dalvin Tomlinson. They lost Jadavian Clowney, Jacoby Brissett, and Kareem Hunt. Drafting Siaki Ika, Cedric Tillman, and Isaiah McGuire. Seahawks connections. Ethan Posich is an obvious one, but also they added a Seahawks backflip champion Marquise Goodwin. Last year they went 7-10. and They're over and under set at 9.5 with under being a slight favorite. Uh, it's my. Is it, it's your turn to start, right? Yeah, Kevin. Yep. Where do you see? Where do you see the Browns this year? Browns are really hard to gauge, just because the question is: Is Deshaun Watson the guy we saw at the end of last season, or is he the guy we saw a couple seasons ago, uh, terrorizing the people of Houston as well as um, putting up like really solid passing performances? Yeah, the question is like: Was he shaking off the rust, or? <laughs> Or is is this just who he is now because he's missed so much time? Well, and also, like, there were holes in his game while he was peaking. And so, like, did his moment pass him by? Yeah, did he miss? Because, did he like, miss? Did, did is he going to have a Culpepper career and he missed a full season and a half of it? Yeah, it's like, did, did he? You can never know. Like, when you sit out that much time, like, it has an effect on you. We saw it with Le'Veon Bell. He went from being like the best running back in the league to just like not even a dude. Because, yeah. Because he just sat out for so long. It just felt like he was he was washed. But Michael Vick was gone for a really long time. And then he and came then back. Came back and the, was Michael Vick. And it was Michael Vick. So it's like the question is like, yeah, was Deshaun knocking off the rest or is he good or is he bad? And, you know? and was Deshaun playing for a paycheck and now he got one? That's true. I mean, he doesn't have to do anything. Like, for the there's a of lot life. of questions about his mental makeup that I think are extremely fair based on him existing and what he's done in his life. Can we just say, though, that this roster is like really, really it good. Is so loaded. Like, it's <laughs> like such this... a stacked roster. Adding Elijah Moore. So they have Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Elijah Moore. That's like kind of the weak link is their wide receivers. And that's not a bad wide receiver room. Yeah, and Cedric Tillman is a solid rookie pickup. Like, that's a guy that, that could have an impact, like. Year one, year yeah, two. Yeah, Cedric Tillman he, could easily take Donovan People Jones' job. Yeah, I think I think he is going to by the end of the season. And uh Tomlinson and Zadarius Smith that defensive line, gross. Yeah, it's so good. It's a, <laughs> such a good defensive line, and it's Garrett. You know, Garrett Miles Garrett is going to have some help on the other side this year. Like they're they're going to be with between uh, Okoronko and Smith. They're going to be terrorizing the other side of the field. Yeah, dude. On obvious passing downs, they can have Dalvin Tomlinson. Uh, and Zadaria Smith inside with Miles Garrett and Okoronkwo outside. Yeah, it's really that's, that's no really, one wants that. It's really bad for opposing teams. If you <laughs> yeah. want, if you are rooting against the Browns like I am, and trust me, I am. Uh, this is, <laughs> you're going to be unhappy with with their fully healthy lineup. The question, you know, the que- there's always questions around health with this team. They've had injury problems in the past. Uh, there's questions are around Deshaun Watson. The amount of uncertainty around this team makes it the probably the most boomer bust roster in the entire NFL. Like you just yep. you just you just don't know what's going to happen. I it's hard to say. They're undeniably talented though. This is a team that if you if you had to flip a coin for winning record or losing record, you should weight it heavily towards winning record just based on the talent. Uh, uh the only thing about it is they uh they shot upside every time. Mm-hmm. So like even looking at their draft, like they have a lot of guys that fell, right? 
Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, so congratulations. You got good value in Dewan Jones and uh, Luke Whitebler based on where people thought they were going to go. Siaki Ika. But like, like did you get that value for a reason? Yeah, here's the thing. It's like Weipler and Jones. Like, what do they even do on this team? Like, Weipler is so buried. Like, Nick Harris isn't even a bad backup center. And then they have, and then they have for tackles, they have Wills and Conklin. Like, Dewan Jones ain't sniffing the starting lineup this year. But this is what good franchises like the Eagles do. They take the guy who falls, they let him sit for a year or two, and then all of a sudden it's like, hey, we're we're losing great great uh, offensive lineman X, but hey, we've had this guy training in the background for three years. And trust me, he's real good. Like, I think that's, that's the kind of thing they're trying to do here. They're trying to do the, uh, the Eagles. The, the problem is they haven't had the success of the Eagles yet. And who wants to live in Cleveland? I don't get how they get so many free agents. And like, I also think they have a good coaching staff. Jim Schwartz is a good DC. Uh, Kevin Stefanski knows how to run an offense and how works with him. Stefanski is good. I like Stefanski quite a bit. Uh, all right. I have this team at 10 and seven and they're in the, they're in for me, they're the sixth seed, but you know, they're in the hunt for that last, those last wild card spots. Where do you I'm venturing into the danger zone. Oh. Uh, I think that I'm going to bet on the implosion side. I have them at eight and nine. Oh, okay. Uh, I think that there's a lot of things that need to fit into place and work and I need to see that they can actually do that. All right. Last team is the Steelers. The Steelers were nine and eight last year. They uh, over under set at eight and a half with the over being a really heavy favorite. <laughs> so I think it might move to nine and a half soon. Uh, Allen Robinson, Isaac Siumalo, Patrick Peterson coming in, losing Cam Sutton, Devin Bush, Chris Wormley in the draft. They added Broderick Jones, Joey Porter Jr., Keanu Benton, Seahawks connection. You know, we got Devin Bush, right? But they got yep. someone from us. They yeah. got Tanner. They got Tanner Muse. That's right. Seahawk, Seahawks nest uh, legend uh, Tanner Muse. So uh, it's my turn to go first. Steelers. I'm done betting against the the. Um, Mike Tomlin does I, not. I mean, I said this records. I said this last year. I said like you know, there's. I picked them to go eight and nine, and I said you know, this, I don't feel bad about this because this guy just doesn't lose. He's just they're winners. The the the. The uh, it marches on the same way our team, like the the program, the the system, it just works. And they the thing is, is they lost guys, but they brought in guys who are pretty good to kind of fill in. They have a they had a really good draft, f- filling big needs with players who I think can can do it too. Like they're they have good players coming in to kind of fill the spots they needed to be filled. The offensive line, um, got a lot better. Broderick Jones and Isaac Siamala should help quite a bit, but it's still not great it's still a point of contention and kenny pickett wasn't great last year uh i i don't know if if he continues to develop you know what the what the ceiling is but he didn't the stats on paper are not good uh he does have a great offensive he has a great guys to throw to Uh, deontay johnson's good george pickens looked great uh alan robinson is a great veteran to bring in as your number three receiver and calvin austin is is more than competent as the the number four guy, Fryermuth's good. Darnell Washington is a monster uh, rookie. They, t- I just love their draft. I love the the system. I love the team. Um, yeah, this is, this is a really solid up and down. And TJ Watt can carry your defense. You can you can say this defense has a few holes, but TJ Watt makes all those things a lot better. And a guy like Minka Fitzpatrick on the back end who can just turn any play into a toxic play uh, is 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 a nice 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 guy to have around. So yep, I'm really into Pittsburgh. I think they're great. Uh, what do you think, Kevin? 
I hate how much I like their draft. Their yeah, offense, great, their, their offseason was so good. Yeah, it's a great yeah, draft. It's I have to decide. Uh, I'm I'm slowly having my New England transformation with Pittsburgh, where like their fans still drive me nuts. But you know, now that their quarterback's gone, I don't hate them quite as much. Right, like, Mike like, Tomlin's just really easy to like. It's yeah, now you don't have to worry about. It's like Ben Roethlisberger and Brady. The bad men can't hurt us anymore. So now it's just yeah. like yeah, it's just like you just you don't have to like it, but you got to respect it now. Before yeah, you exactly. Could, before you could be disrespectful, like you could just be disrespectful to Pittsburgh because their quarterback sucked and they was a rapist. Like, you just yeah, want, exactly. You're uh, super easy to hate on. Show disrespect. Just do it. But now it's like I don't want. I, I, I gotta respect him. Respect the system. Mike Tom. Mike Tomlin sucks. You know because of that play where he stepped onto the field. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never. Yeah. I'll, I'll always the guy. Yeah. I'll always <laughs> be like that. That's that's all time scumbag move. Like, but it's also kind of hilarious now. Like Deflategate was. His excuse or like, or to like is Belichick to, taping other people's stuff. His like, excuse is so funny. Like I could see myself on the screen, and I was like, "Oh, that's me. I'm in the play." And then I tried to step out, but he he said it was like when you're looking at the mirror and you step the <laughs> wrong way because you're looking at the mirror. <laughs> I'm like, that, come that's on, such a man. bad excuse. Come on, man. That's so stupid. I'd love him so much more if he just owned that he did it. Uh, it's like, He's oh, like, it's yeah, like when, I, trip him, I trip him again. It's like a, it's, that's up there in the coaching, like coaching idiot pantheon with like um when when uh when jason kidd was like give me a give me a cup of ice and he dumped it off the <laughs> ground the on purpose <laughs> so that so that he would so that they could get a free timeout it's just like uh scumbag ultimate scumbag moves that's good if you if you ain't cheating you ain't trying um right. <laughs> uh so keanu benton great pick uh the depth on the defensive line is immaculate as always i feel like they they raised the floor at inside linebacker uh, Cole Holcomb really stable. Alandred Robert uh, Roberts really capable. Um, Joey Porter Jr. in the second round was a just gross that they were able to make that happen. And then Corey Trice in round seven as a guy who just has a really high ceiling. He'll probably never work out, but if he does, then the person Levi Wallace is the perpetual number 64 starting cornerback in the NFL. I swear, like everyone's always trying to replace him, but he's just very stable. Like uh, their defense is better than it was last year. Their offense should be better than it was last year. I think Kenny Pickett could take a step forward and I don't mean step forward to like top 10 quarterback, but I think a step forward for him is like Jared Goff. Yes, he doesn't need to be the top 10 quarterback for this team to make the playoffs. He needs to be like an average quarterback. quarterback. He needs to be able to beat you sometimes. Like last year, he was he was just he couldn't beat the defense. Like the the defense was always at an advantage when he was on the field. He needs to be able to make people And I feel like he was playing as well as Brock Purdy. He was just in a worse system and a worse uh, surrounding talent. Force force the other team to respect him. That's what they need. That's what he needs to be able to mm-hmm. do. He needs to force the other team to respect him. I I wonder what kind of role Patrick Peterson's going to have on this defense. Like, is it is it going to be some kind of like hybrid box, uh, like kind of nickel cornerback thing, or is he going to be out there single covering? I don't know. I'm curious where how they end up using him because he he does people will, will dance on his grave, but he does still have some juice, man. He's not he's not that bad. So. I don't know. Plus, he did steroids, so he's probably got an extra like couple years. He had five. He picks just can't last turn year. and burn. Like he, like he just. If they could put him in a spot where he's semi protected from deep routes, yeah, I think exactly. that would be really helpful. The top, the, then, top, the long speed isn't there like it used to be for sure. Yep. And then the other thing I want to watch really carefully: they have a lot of talent on the interior of their offensive line. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. They got Isaac Samalu, who is a legitimately very good starting guard. They paid James uh, Daniels last year. They paid, and but he could play center too. Yeah. So James Daniels is he going to be the right guard or the center, or is Kendrick Green going to be able to step up and play center, or is Cole Mason going to keep the job? Because Kevin Dotson was their starting guard, and Kevin Dotson has been arguably their best offensive lineman over the last couple of seasons. So does Kevin Dotson end up taking right guard and uh, James Daniels slides over to center? Yeah. So tackles kind of the weak spot, but they picked up LaRaven Clark. Dan Moore was a 17 game starter last year and played acceptable. Uh, uh, for again, like uh, uh, an average or slightly below average starting tackle. So they bring in Broderick Jones, who I think could struggle early in his career, but like they have a lot of depth at tackle and they have a lot of talent in the middle their offensive lines could be fascinating to see how it go how it like comes together over the season yeah that so people in in like Steelers land because I was looking it up um they people thought like Jones might there's a chance Jones might not win the the job this season like he they're gonna make him they're gonna make him earn it and he might be a swing tackle as a rookie which is fine Broderick Jones I don't think that's the worst thing for him yeah, Broderick Jones is big, like and like just giving him the chance to develop and stuff. That if they feel comfortable with Dan Moore and Okorafor as their tackles or whatever, or or they want to move Broderick Jones over to right tackle, I wouldn't do that. I would leave Broderick Jones at left tackle and have him back up, kind of the same way we have done with um with Stone Stone uh, Stone Forsyth. Yeah, I agree. Stone Forsyth. Yeah, like where you just you're like, hey, you know what? This is not your year, but next year you're our dude. Like you, we're trying to develop you. You you need you're not you're not better than Dan Moore yet. But you will be, you know, kind of yeah, get an ceiling's just way higher. Yeah, Roger Jones is a mountain, dude. He's so huge. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited about the potential. Anyway, I have the Steelers at ten and seven, and just missing the playoffs. But you know, they're in a big tie with a couple other teams. So yeah, what do you? I have the Steelers at ten and seven, and just making the playoffs. All right, yeah. So, so yeah. they they lose out to the Browns on me based on div- the, the tiebreaker of divisional record. They went one and five in my division here, and the Browns went Oof. two and four. So yeah. That's a six and zero for the Ravens. That's why I, I, the Ravens. I I just I like them. I like them a lot. Anyway, uh, there are many ways to support the Seahawks Nest podcast. The best way to do so over to patreoncom Nest. and for as little as a dollar twenty four a month, uh, head into the Discord, join the conversation, and also next season we're going to change the uh, the weekly Patreon podcast. This now they're going to just be me and Brett on a. <laughs> you guys get ready. Me and Brett immediately when the game ends, no matter where Brett is. <laughs> I'm going to call him and record it and we're going to have like a 15 minute conversation about the game and it's going to be raw and I think funny for people because Brett is very emotional after games guys. I just want you to know this. So I think he, you guys will find he it. He has enjoyable. takes and he feels them big. Yeah. And it's, I'm going to be like, basically it's going to be like therapy for, for Brett, I think with me, with, with me. <laughs> uh, so thanks to those people who supported the show, Emmanuel, Andy, Brett, Cooper, Evan, Foctimus, Gavin, James, Jost, Joshua, Lucas, Malcolm, Micah, Rad Dad, Nikki C., Ryan, Terrence, Timothy, Tom, Astro, Blake, Bob, Casey, Daniel, Dave, Fulz, Jay, Luke, Michelle, Mike, Mike, Richard, Thomas, Warwolf, Brandon, and Nick. Uh, thanks, you guys, all for the uh, the show. And then uh, thanks to our newest patron, uh, Terrence. Terrence, you rule. Uh, and yeah, that's it. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, movie club. Okay, uh, I got to switch some tabs around here. <laughs> this is a big one. Okay, so uh, we... Uh, I am a noted Wes Anderson hater because I okay. Let me just let's just start with this, Kevin. I think you also are not like a huge fan. I am um, a huge uh, movie buff, and the big thing that people are always surprised at is when I say Wes Anderson has made 
two good movies and one of them's animated. So Wes Anderson. Oh, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yep. That that's his best yeah, movie. That's that's Grand probably, Budapest I, Hotel is solid. Everything else is. I average, really like average for me. I really liked the Royal Tenenbaums the first time I saw it. But now I'm like so when I rewatched it recently and I was like, man, I'm just so overloaded on this the style now it's like it doesn't seem it doesn't seem as as cool as it used to like it it feels less unique because he's just overdone it um but wes anderson more substance and style like it, he's a he's a human color palette it, it is what it is like i, I i'm not gonna like if you're into anyone. it you're into it if you're not into it you're not into it yeah. and that's fine right like and asteroid city seems to be uh to most people who've seen it they've said i i will not be one of them probably that whatever you think about wes anderson is what you're gonna rate this movie People I trust have said that, um, but yeah, that's uh, that's get it. Everyone, people are calling it a return to form for him, which is uh, if that's what a return to form means. Uh, I I don't know that I don't want that because I don't <laughs> return. I don't want him to return to form. I want him to get away from the formula. Yeah, I'm not really it's sure more. what returning to form is. I don't feel like he's ever gone out of form. Exactly. Okay. So anyway, what we did though is to celebrate the films of Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson has some collaborators, some common collaborators, and also this movie just has a stack cast. So what we did is we we're gonna stack up all the actors, and we're gonna go eliminate them and to find out who our favorite uh, Wes Anderson collaborator is. So here's the list of actors. Um, it's either people who have been in multiple of his movies and have like a you know a a catalog that we enjoyed. Or people who are in Asteroid, Asteroid City who have a or catalog. Or people that we who are enjoyed. both. Yeah, some of these are on both, yes. On both lists, obviously. Adrian Brody, Angelica Houston, Bill Murray, Bob Balaban, Brian Cranston, Edward Norton, Fisher Stevens, Francis McDormand, Harvey Keitel, Hong Chow, Jason Schwartzman, Jeffrey Wright, Lee Schreiber, Luke Wilson, Margot Robbie, Matt Dillon, Owen Wilson, Scarlett Johansson, Stephen Park, Steve Carell, Tilda Swinton, Tom Hanks, Tony Revolori, and Willem Dafoe. So what? Uh, we're not going to just going to think about their library of Wes Anderson movies, Kevin. I just want to make that clear. This is yep. their library of um, all films they they appear in. Uh, so I'm going to give you a first first go here. Uh, who who do you want? What actor do you want to eliminate first? Okay, uh, I have a deep and Actually, well. What's up? I have a I have a, a funny thing I could say for the first elimination. Do you want me to do well, it? I was going to eliminate Wes Anderson himself, but you didn't put him on the list. Well, here, let me do this first one then. Uh, Matt Dillon was in Crash. That movie won the Academy Award and never should have. And that's unforgivable. <laughs> so, Matt Dillon, you are out. Matt Dillon, see you later. <laughs> there uh, you go. Now you're up. Now you're up. <laughs> all right. Eliminating Fisher Stevens. Okay. Uh, I uh, like why, character why? actors, but but like, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like this is a list of character actors. Uh, like, even the stars on this are character acting stars. So, yeah, yeah but just weaker. Okay, here's the thing about Fisher Stevens. Okay, he was, he was in bad. Short Circuit movies. Yeah, it was bad in Short Circuit, dude. You can't, you can't <laughs> eliminate can't eliminate Short Circuit right off the bat like that. That's yeah, but he was also blooded. in the Super Mario Bros. movie, so I feel like those balance each other out. Yeah, it's Prince Prince Iggy. Yep. Uh, all right, let's go ahead and eliminate. So we're we're gonna get rid of some of the character actors here. So I I guess I'll get rid of the Flash Flash from the uh, the new the new uh, Spider Man movies here. I'll get rid of Tony Revolori. I think he's a good young actor. I'm excited to see him get more work. I hope that he he bumps out of the uh, the Wes Anderson more. I do think it's weird that he's five foot six and he's the the bully character in the Spider Man movies. I'm just gonna throw that out there. All right, yeah, that's kind of the best. <laughs> like, I'm a five foot five foot six bully, just just bully him back, dude. He's not he's he's not he's not tall anyway. <laughs> but he's not bullying with his physicality. 
<laughs> mental bullying. It's fair, causes fair. Ang- great anguish. Yeah, um, and he does. He does have a main main cast role in the in the animated series Monster High. So maybe I maybe I underrated that. Anyway, Kevin, you're at back. You're back on the back on the clock. Uh, I'm going to eliminate uh, Luke Wilson. Okay. Not a big... uh, Idiocracy alone does not make a man. Luke Wilson has other good movies other than Idiocracy. He was in Old School. All right, I'm I'm done. That's it. That's all I had. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Didn't even go with three ten to Yuma there, huh? No, 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 no. I would, I would, ne- I would never, I would never do that. All right. Um, I like this actor, um, but like, he's he's just okay to me, and that's Liev Schreiber. So I'm gonna like, I'm gonna take him out here, um, towards the beginning. Uh, he's in a lot of good movies. You know, he's in the first three screen movies. He's in. Uh, the Manchurian Candidate remake, which is okay. Like, it's in a bunch of movies that are okay to me. Spotlight, Kevin, is probably why you wanted to keep him around, right? You like Spotlight uh, quite a bit. Yeah, he has a lot of enjoyable roles. Yeah, he's good. He's solid. This, this, this list of actors is is very good already. So, yeah, it's, it's already it's already come down. This is one thing I think that's interesting about Wes Anderson. It's like really good actors really want to work with him. He's like, like the Cleveland Browns of free agent signing for actors. Yeah, and you don't know why. I can't figure out why. It must maybe the set the vibes on the set must be immaculate. Like it must just be like a cool cool hangout. Um, I don't know. Anyway, go go ahead. What's the next one? Who's fighting uh, the death? I'm gonna go ahead and eliminate Hong Chao. Oh, that was my next one. Now I have to think. Uh, because Hong <laughs> Chao was in the Artemis Fowl movie, and that movie sucks on ice. Yeah. Um, it, it good job in menu. But. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. I'm going to hurt some feelings then. You know, I think it's time to hurt some feelings. I think this actor is very good, but also I think this actor is very overrated. So this is a talented actor is really overrated. That's Bill Murray. So I'm taking out Bill Murray early and just like putting, putting everyone on notice that I, I think Bill Murray's great, but I'll, and he's the only good thing about Ghostbusters too. Like I'll admit that. Like the, that movie only <laughs> works because Bill Murray is hilarious in that movie. But like, th- this just he's he's mildly overrated. Like he's not as good as everyone th- thinks he is. The so. thing about Bill Murray for me is I am a sucker for when a uh, comedic actor can use his comedic chops to make a drama better, and he's someone who does that. Fair enough. Yeah. Like I have a type. That's my type. Yeah, he's, he's just a four out of five for me. And I, th- there are definitely actors on here who I like less, but I just wanted to hurt someone. I just want people to be, I wanted people to yell, yell at their radio right now. So yell at their podcast player. Anyway, go, go ahead. Okay. So then uh, if we're going to do that, I'm going to eliminate <laughs> Brian Cranston here. Oh, boo. And the reason why is uh, it, I'm looking at you, movies. And when I look at movies for Brian Cranston, I thought uh, you said you liked right. comedic. I thought you said you liked comedic actors who could who could do drama. Yeah, I think this is the more talented comedic actor who does drama between uh, between him and Bill Murray. I mean, come I'm af- eliminating at- only people I like from here out. So come at- come after me in the Discord for that one, y'all. Um, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to defend this take. Uh, I can't wait to see what Brian Cranston is up to. By the way, like everything he's a uh, He's like in. I'm just like okay. I'm in. I'm in. Also, I want to see what what you're doing next. He's in a spy thriller. Did you know that the next Matthew? Yeah, Bond and thing, I can't Argyle. wait to see it. Is it yeah. based on a book? It's on Apple TV. So yeah, second so pirate. Yeah, Apple TV is cool because uh, that they have a 
it's like four dollars <laughs> and you can just start it for one month watch everything they have in their whole catalog and then cancel it because there's not that much stuff okay <laughs> okay uh then next up for me i'm gonna go with yikes edward norton seems oh. like kind of a jerk <laughs> american history x didn't age super well <laughs> Fight Club is not as good as you think it is. The Illusionist is the best Edward Norton movie. Or maybe Glass Onion. Take that spot for me. But I'm just not a huge Edward Norton guy. He's he's okay. Go uh, ahead. Rogers, best movie. Um I am going Rogers. to He's such a he's such a dick in that movie though. Yes, he is. He does a great job. Worm, uh, uh, like, worm he, is the bright name. I so I like Edward Norton, but I do think that I he tends to pick roles that I don't like the person he's playing a lot. Um, Do you, but the thing is, it's like, I think he's like cast, he's taking roles that are cast a type. Like he's like, Oh, this is, I see myself in this role. <laughs> it's like, all see, the- I think he just finds it interesting <laughs> to play that kind of character. Uh, maybe yeah, you're right. I don't know. I just, I don't want to just like, <laughs> I have a feeling, go out I feel like Edward Norton, assuming that he sucks. <laughs> Edward Norton has a dark secret guys. That's what I, that's my opinion. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. All right. I'm eliminating Tilda Swinton. Okay, Tilda Swinton. Uh, Tilda Swinton uh, takes quirky roles um, and looks like a quirky individual, and that's the end. Tilda Swinton has cool hair. Yep, like like always, always has cool hair. That's my that's my t- Tilda Swinton review. She's, she's also said like super, a, a decent number of kind of questionable things. So super super in depth review of Tilda Swinton there. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and take out a Bob Balaban at this point seems right he's such a he's such a unique uh thing and you know what it's hard because he was in 80 for brady so you know it's hard to take out a movie when cinema peaked this year with 80 for brady and i just don't want to i don't want to go too far but you know yeah and he's in a lot of cool stuff best in show great character actor anyway go ahead kevin uh making uh nathan sad jeffrey wright oh no not jeffrey wright the the best character actor in this in this list what do you what's your favorite Jeffrey Wright, Kevin? Uh my favorite Jeffrey Wright role? Um I don't know, man. That's hard. He's in cool uh, he's in cool stuff. I like the, I like him as that FBI agent in game night. I it's like there's just like a lot of little stuff like that. Like he just shows up in things and he's just like good. He's yeah. never uh never I liked him in the Batman. Uh oh, I think yeah, he's, he's a was... great he's a great choice for James Gordon. Yeah, cool commissioner Gordon, Jeffrey Wright for sure. I agree. Um, he's in the new Bond movie, which I didn't watch. No Time to Die. Was he good in that? I have not was, seen it yet. He uh, was in I, Casino Royale, too. I should watch it. I have Paramount Plus or whatever it's on. I have all those streaming services. I have whatever it's on. I'm going to go ahead and get rid of Adrian Brody. Just like a preference thing. No no, no, no slight to Adrian Brody. Undeniably talented uh, in a lot of good movies, but just not not my, not my dude. At, at, uh, this point, at this point, I'm eliminating people that just like aren't in movies that I love. Which is why I have to eliminate Stephen Park here. Okay. Because, yeah. uh, again, actor I like. Jeffrey Jeffrey Wright and Stephen Park are both ones that I feel bad eliminating because they're good character actors. They're uh, in some, like, really fun, interesting movies. Um, but we're down to, like, a lot of very talented people that are also in good movies. Did you know Stephen Park was in Kindergarten Cop? Yes. Yes, it did. And Showdown in Little Tokyo. Yeah. Those are, like, sweet. Those are sweet, like, uh, like side roles that he's got. All right. I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and uh, recap who we have left here, because I think we're at 10. Angelica Houston, Francis McDormand, Harvey Keitel, Jason Schwartman, Margot Robbie, Owen Wilson, Scarlett Johansson, Steve Carell, Tom Hanks, Willem Dafoe. I'm getting rid of Angelica Houston. It's time. Uh, this is a good list of actors. 
Yeah. Like holy smokes. Uh, go go ahead, Kevin. Uh, so getting rid of Angelica Houston uh, makes me was sad you, in my heart. Go. Okay. Um, because I like perfect Morticia Adams. Like I about to say a, her playing Morticia cast. Adams. Uh, that that does things to a young man in his life. Uh, just gonna say that. <laughs> 1990, 1991, Angelica Houston playing with Raul Julia too. Like that, yes, exactly. That that, that, that casting power in that couple, movie, amazing power couple. Like that movie is like Christopher okay. Lloyd as Uncle Fester. Great choice. Do like a one minute for the role she was born to play. <laughs> one minute sidebar on the Adams Family, nineteen ninety one. Is it like an awesome movie? No, no, it no. is not. But it is like the most pitch perfect casting in yes. the history of film. Like I cannot express to you like. Yeah, Barry Sonnenfeld, like he's he's mid, he's super mid. Men in Black, Wild Wild West, Adams Family, like these are all these these are all like just these super mid movies, okay. But the casting in this movie is so pitch perfect; it fits, it works, it makes sense. Like the atmosphere, everything's perfect. Christopher Lloyd and Raul Julia and Angelica Houston and Christina Ricci, like it's just it works. Um, also, yeah. uh, Gomez Adams and Morticia Adams as. Uh, as shown by Raul Julia and Angelica Houston, one of the most positive uh, couples. Oh yeah, relationship in goals, all of cinema, 100%. just great relationship right there. Yeah, Undi- undying love for each other, for sure. Um, okay, uh, uh, now we're down to the top nine. Yeah, this is difficult because uh, it's all like I-, I know that Angelica Houston is not somebody that you want to eliminate. Um, mm-hmm. That's the way it is right here. But I'm going to eliminate Margot Robbie. Okay. I. Uh, I think Margot Robbie gets dumped on a lot uh, for her acting. And she is in the spot where I, I I feel like she's stuck in the same spot that Leonardo DiCaprio and um, uh, Brad Pitt got stuck in when they were younger, where it's like, this person is too perfect looking to be considered good. And it's like, no, like she's got chops. I, Tanya, she, she kills in that role. She is the, I, I would have been, I actually would have been fine with Margot Robbie winning this. Like, I think that I would have eliminated, I would have just let her go to the end. I think she's so talented. I um, wish she had better <laughs> roles to show how talented she is. Babylon um, sucks. She got that eliminated was, for her. That was her chance. That was the chance. Like I thought if Babylon was good, like, and people, People do like this movie, um, and I do think uh, it's very audacious. This movie, and she is really good. Um, but there, I saw a review that kind of summed up the movie. It says, "Is this a love letter to cinema or a suicide note?" I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That pretty much. That pretty much sums up the movie for me. Like that. That was. I think that was supposed to be her like awards performance, though. You know, like that was supposed to be like. Babylon is when she wins the her first Academy Award, and then it just well, it's basically as a follow up was, to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which was kind of like getting on to the screen about that. Yeah, so like I think that she's she's kind of due now at this point. Um, but yeah, anyway, that's that movie's three hours long, so you know, settle in. Okay, I'm gonna eliminate um, Steve Carell. Very funny actor, does very serious stuff. Steve Carell is able to pivot between basically any role, anything you ask him to do, he just absolutely destroys. Yep. Um, I love, I love him so much, uh, but I don't want him to win this. So I'm not. I'm at this point now where I'm trying to trying to trying to move us towards a winner that I that I want. So go ahead, Kevin. Uh, Jason Schwartzman out here. Right. Uh, his performance in Klaus. I uh, is uh, uh, what really had him hanging on for me. Um, I really liked him as Jasper and 
Klaus and as uh, Gideon Graves in Scott Pilgrim versus yes. the world. I, I love um, him as Gideon Graves. Does, so fun. does great in both roles. Uh, but we're, 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 we're down to only difficult, like only bangers in the building right now. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and I think get there's rid a clear of next elimination. Tom, I'm going to get rid of Tom Hanks. Oh, okay. Yeah. America's dad uh, is losing touch for me. But he is he's great. He's he's awesome. He's America's dad for a reason. But he like has I said, so many good roles. I'm trying to aim us towards uh, preferred winners, and I would prefer if Tom Hanks was not the winner of this eliminator. So I'm get I'm, I'm cutting him out right here. I just uh, wish that you didn't cut him out of the top five. Because mm-hmm. I would like I would like it to be on the record that Nathan has now made it so that Owen Wilson is in the top five and Tom Hanks is not, and right. we're just gonna put that on on the record. Uh, well, only one of them was in Zoolander. Let's start with that. Only one of them was Woody. <laughs> only one of them said Kerchow and stole my heart. Uh, only one of them <laughs> has a knock knock joke, where the t- where the uh, uh, payoff of the knock knock joke is go fuck yourself. Dude, I, I I like Owen Wilson. I don't care. Wow. Uh, well, I'm you can eliminate. You can eliminate him, him right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this. Uh, yeah. There are two people that I could eliminate here. He's the one I'm taking out. Um. I enjoy him. I think he's good. He definitely deserved to be in the top 10. I don't think he quite deserved to be in the top five, but good actor. Yeah. All right. Enjoyable like, actor. So now this is the top five. I want to review just really, or top four. Sorry. Francis McDormand, Harvey Keitel, Scarlett Johansson, and Willem Dafoe. That is really good. We could just stop here. I'm fine with just keeping those. Uh, those are, those are very good. Very good people. <laughs> I don't want to eliminate any of them. Um, I can't, I have to get the next elimination. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and take out. I'm there's one person that I that there's a cheese for me right here, a cheese that is standing alone. I'm going to take out Willem Dafoe. Oh, uh, Willem Dafoe uh, shouldn't oh, have made the light. He shouldn't have that. He shouldn't have made the lighthouse if he wanted to not get eliminated by me here. He was the only thing that made it watchable. Yeah, but they were jacking off to a mermaid statue. Like I, I can't, I can't, him. I can't abide this move. <laughs> that was uh, that he's was the, that was Sparkle he's Vampire. The, he's in the movie, dude. And Sparkle Vampire is a good actor. Let's just let's just put that out. Willem Dafoe is a really good actor too. Oh yeah, but, <laughs> but don't, me, don't, the script don't, is what I had a problem with. Willem Dafoe. Don't make fun of Robert Pattinson in front of me. I will defend him to the death. I mean, you got to get that money. That's one thing I appreciate. It's about British actors is they'll get that money. You know what I'm saying? Like. Like yeah. um, let's let's talk about like who's the guy uh, Idris Elba. Idris Elba, man, he he's a great actor, like one of our best working actors today. But he'll show up on free V in some garbage movie in twenty twenty three because the money's green, baby. Like I love, I love it. Respect to my British actors who Cash just love everything money. around him. <laughs> yeah, all right. McDormand, Keitel, Johansson, Kevin. Oh God, I'm still <laughs> salty about you eliminating Willem Dafoe. If I'm being honest. I'm trying um, to aim us towards my preferred winner, and uh, I have one person on here that I really I want feel to like win. I need to figure out who your preferred winner is and eliminate them because of <laughs> it's uh, your good, good luck with actions. that. Because all of these um, are great. Yeah, I know. Uh, <sighs> Dude, this is impossible. Um, I have one. I, I have a clear one that I would eliminate if it was my turn. But so it, it is the, it, it is uh, it is very difficult. You are correct. So, Scarlett Johansson <laughs> has so like the high oh no. and low is difficult because she's in like Marriage Story and a bunch of really middling uh, MCU movies. Mm-hmm. But sure. she's so good in Jojo Rabbit 
She's so good in her. Like, uh, Under the Skin Lost, is such a Lost difficult in, role, and she kills it. Lost in Translation, Under the Skin. Yeah, like, yeah. she's very versatile, too. She'll do, like, like stuff that kind of feels like it's... I mean, she is very serious a lot. So, like, and, and like, she doesn't show the comedic side as much as I would like. Also, she's in The Prestige, bro. That is movie. That movie is so, so good. good. <laughs> so, uh, so good. Um, this is Harvey no, Keitel might be in less movies that I love, but every time he talking? shows up in a movie, it's like, oh, Harvey Keitel, awesome, and he He's does something so that's many perfect. good movies. Pulp Fiction, uh, Traxy Driver, <sighs> National Treasure. <laughs> 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 good, good he is in national movie. treasure dude he's the, he's like the the fbi agent they work with yeah. as the wolf it, like he's perfect as the wolf he's, in Pulp he's the wolf at national treasure you're right <laughs> <laughs> uh mean streets underrated like really solid oh my movie gosh, yeah uh, harvey can tell rules francis yeah. mcdormand and a lot of good stuff too i'm eliminating scarlett johansson i'm making you pick between mcdormand and Kaitel. oh easy because i would okay i'll just tell you i would have eliminated francis mcdormand last time because i think like the francis mcdormand is the best actor like she's very well most talented but the movie she's in i just don't like the most that's like a that's like a personal preference thing harvey Keitel, that's who i wanted to win <laughs> it, was, it was my it was my number number two choice behind Margot well, congratulations Robbie, you pick someone that i can't be upset about winning <laughs> yeah well it was gonna be hard because no matter what but man harvey Keitel's in so many sweet movies uh what's your what's your uh what's your favorite uh Keitel? i got uh, one okay I, what's your favorite because you... it's because it's very Keitel focused um, it's and it's in 1992, but it's not the one you're thinking of. You're probably thinking Reservoir Dogs. No, it's Bad Lieutenant. Uh, he's like so <laughs> nice. good in this movie, like, and it's like, um, it's like a it's like a cult classic, man. If you haven't seen Bad Lieutenant, um, you probably should. That's that's just a yeah. Anyway, okay, so I could mention uh, I I could mention uh, the Tarantino movies, but I want to give a different movie a little bit of attention. Um. He plays uh, Farad in 1977's The Duelists, which mm-hmm. is Ridley Scott's debut feature film. Um, okay. And uh, basically, it's about it's what's that movie that came out like a couple years ago that was a big deal that had uh, Matt Damon and uh, Kylo Ren um, and they played uh, Knights. Oh, and like I, they had like I a feud. I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm blanking about. on the I, name of the movie. I was thinking, I was thinking when you said Matt Damon, I was thinking of that movie where they, they shrink him down. Uh, oh, <laughs> I was like, I don't know why. I don't know why I thought of that movie instantly, no. but I was like, I was like, what about that? movie? What about that movie where Matt Damon, where they, sh- <laughs> they shrink him down? No, that, that is, Oh, the last duel. So the last duel is <laughs> no, a Ridley Scott movie. That movie was so dumb. I'm going to move past this sidebar um, <laughs> the last duel is a ridley scott movie from 2021 uh with uh matt damon and adam driver in like uh and ben affleck and there's there's like a blood feud uh and ben affleck plays like an aloof monarch and it's kind of his best role ever um but in 1977 uh ridley scott made the same movie only better uh in the napoleonic era about uh, like two uh, like a perceived slight between French lieutenants and they end up having a feud. I will sell you on this movie, uh, Nathan, because it's only a hundred minutes long no, and no, the no, last no. duel is 153 minutes long. Yeah, no, no, so no, no, no. 
but like the sword fighting is really good. Uh, Harvey Keitel gets to be like quick witted, but mm-hmm. in like the way that he can play the same character in early 1800s France that he plays in New York over a 50 year period in other movies and it actually works is really impressive. I just I, I think it's a different part of Keitel's acting and he does a great job in it. There's a really there's like a, a B movie sounding movie that's coming out soon that has Harvey Keitel in it. It's it's a stars Harvey Keitel, Frank Grillo, Peter Stormare and Tyrese. Can you can you imagine a more B movie cast than that? And it's a uh, it's a power hungry corporation has taken over the conventional prison system and made criminals the new law enforcers. It's called Hard Matter. Okay, I'm oh in. man, yeah, this is gonna that that movie sh- that movie's coming to a streaming service near you. Yeah, <laughs> not, it is. That, that one ain't making it to the theaters. All right, for Kevin, for the ghost of Eric Ronnebeck, we we'll see you next week. Go Hawks. P.S. Eric's not really dead. <laughs>